Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, also known as Spider-Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen-65. I'm Pax. And I'm Abigail. So we only have one piece of news for today's weekend update, and it's that Edge of Spider-Verse Volume 2, Number 2, the issue that we just read last week, it's getting another printing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's lovely. Uh, although I will say I'm not surprised given how many printings the first Edge of Spider-Verse number two got. All the collectors must have had this one pre-ordered. Well, the first Edge of Spider-Verse number two, that's the first appearance of Our Girl. Woof woof. Yeah. And I guess that's the second printing of this one is would be the prominence of the new Spider-UK, although technically... Her first appearance was in the previous issue, but I guess this would be her first full appearance. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess that's why it's getting a second printing. Honestly, I think the fact that like Edge of Spider-Verse number two from like 2014 got so many reprintings that if you're a collector and you saw that same number come up again, you're just going to pre-order it, you know, and then also the fact that it does actually debut uh, Spider-UK as well as a bonus. How many printings did the uh, first volume get? Five reprintings? It depends if you count the Spider-Gwen number zero stuff as well, because it, it got technically reprinted again as Spider-Gwen number zero, which is the same issue. So potentially double digits. I'm not sure. But you know you're breaking bank if you hit double digits on uh, second printing. Well, not second printing, subsequent printings. Yeah, yeah we're talking about over the course of years, though. Yeah, well, anything to outsell X-Men number one, which is the most sold comic. Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, 90s were a crazy time for um, comic book collecting and pre-ordering and reprinting and stuff. It was a huge bubble. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of the 90s, you know, that was also a time of atrocious wardrobes for comic characters. But that's the conversation for a different podcast. There's a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. Like, no one needs that many pouches unless if you're carrying bullets. No. No, there's no reason for it. But I think, yeah, like, wardrobes in the 90s. Yeah, conversation for a different time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we don't, We're not... No more 90s homages in this issue, I don't think. No, but I think, what is it with people revisiting 90s stories? Because that's what they're doing with uh, Ben Riley. That's what, what they're doing with Symbiote Spider-Man. I think, um, I don't know. I think the direction that Marvel Editorial is, is going in is, is trying to make money off that nostalgia. And most recently with Venom Lethal Protector, which just ended last month. Yeah, yeah, that was another one. Yeah, it's... um. There's a lot of them at the moment. Like they even have Claremont back doing stuff. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if it's a healthy impulse to have like very explicitly '90s homages in comic books because, I mean, they're clearly they're very aware, right, that a lot of their demographic, a lot of the main purchases of comic books right now are you know sort of like older guys who have been reading comics since the '90s, and Marvel are very stuck on trying to appeal to that crowd, I think, with comics that are clearly very directly aimed at them. I don't know if it's a sustainable business choice, um, and I don't like it when it's clearly coming at the expense of maybe pushing some of these lines in newer directions. I do think they, they, they ought to diversify their offering a little bit more beyond that that group. Yeah. Yeah, especially since um, like with these stories, maybe instead of revisiting the '90s, just give like a more book spots open to people who really need it. Gwen, for example, I know that sounds a little bit biased, but come on, Marvel, give us another Gwen book. Yeah, yeah, but but even like the like the Ben Riley one is it's not like like Ben Riley probably could do with a good comic book that like appropriately uses him. Um, but the fact that that one is in the nineties kind of holds it back from being able to be that for him. You know, Ben Riley's stuck getting misused a little bit, I think, in my opinion, as a villain. And I think fans would much rather that not be happening, and for there to be a, a concurrent Ben Riley mini series with the present. Uh, rather than sort of a 90s homage back to when Ben Riley wasn't being written the way he has been written for the past six, seven years. 
So, in other words, you want a non-chasm heroic Ben Riley? Yeah, um, I don't think it's like super compelling to have him just go evil every time he's confronted with an- another appearance. Um, <laughs> you know, we've, yeah, we've touched on it before. Yeah. But um, anyway, like this podcast, it's not about Ben; it's about Gwen. So I yeah. think we should uh, uh, start getting into uh, what we're doing for this episode. Like the way that rhymed there. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, we're reading Spider Gwen Gwenverse. Uh, last episode, we read that Edge of Spider Verse number two thing, uh, but that release was in between releases of Spider Gwen Gwenverse, which we've been uh, for the past few months covering. This is the last issue. Um, this is uh, the complete miniseries now. Uh, issues number one to five uh, are now all out, and we can sort of react to it as a whole. Um, it's, um, it's exciting stuff. It's written by Tim Seeley, art by Jody Nishijima, and colors past couple of issues have been done by Proto Bunkers Fernando Cifuentes. So I suppose we can get into it now. We can we can sort of cover it with its full context. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, we're going to do a synopsis. Uh, that covers the uh, main beats from the issue, so that you know we all remember what happens in it. Uh, we do recommend to go read this issue, uh, Spider Gwen Gwenverse number five, as well as all the other issues. Um, just make sure you sort of read up, uh, and, and if you haven't read through the podcast, I haven't listened to the other podcast episodes uh, from this arc, we also recommend that. But um, but yeah, we're going to get into the synopsis now, um, and then we will review this issue. So. Um, the Gwens assemble at the end of time to confront Finale. She is a formidable match for the team, using laser blasts to knock back their individual attacks. While Finale gloats briefly to Nightbird, Ghost Spider finds out that the power Finale possesses comes from the mass death of her concert goers earlier at the end of time. She webs up Finale long enough to tell the other Gwens about this and rally them a bit. To work together, they have to be able to forgive themselves for their past wrongs. The Gwenvengers assemble properly now and beat Finale back. The apocalyptic end of all time approaches and begins to consume the multiverse around them at this point, so the team uses the finalizer device to buy some more time. It still relies on the force of living creatures, however, and the alternate Gwens are forced to sacrifice themselves to the machine so that Ghost Spider is able to portal out of the disaster to slightly earlier on, still during the concert. Gwen stops the finalizer from killing the concert goers and knocks out a powerless finale. However, they still haven't prevented the end of all time. Finale reveals her aging face and passes on the wisdom of her forgotten and non-famous mother. Everyone wants what they don't have. Everyone forgets what they do. Everything falls behind us. Everything like prints from a shoe. She dies in Gwen's arms. Gwen takes inspiration from this and using the threads of the lost Gwens bound up with her own, weaves a fix for the end of all time, stopping the apocalypse. She finds herself dazed and waking up in Earth-65 once more. Gwen's father still doesn't approve of her adventuring in Earth-616, but she tries to reassure him that she's his hero first. She's still a bit flaky, but continues to contribute to the Mary Janes, even some lyrics here and there now. Her world might not have all of the superhero shenanigans of these alternate realities, but it does have Gwen Stacy, Ghost Spider. Yay! And that's the end of Spider Gwen Gwenverse, the only Gwen centric content that we had all this year after waiting a year and six days. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like forever ago that this uh, series was announced. It was announced back in November. Yeah, nearly a year ago, isn't it? Um so uh, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a while. We've we've had a full full mini series that did come out. It took its time coming out, but it is here. Uh it is out now and 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 yeah, no, I liked it. Thought it was good. And uh it was it was fun it was a fun comic. Yeah, like even though it felt a little bit uh gimmicky, you know, at least, you know, I feel like this is a character study for Gwen, you know, coming to terms about who she really is. Yeah, uh, it's it's sort of touching on maybe like her angstier sort of aspects a little bit um, with like this element of self-loathing. Like, practically speaking, they wanted to be able to work together, but because they all resented themselves, literally um, loathed their own actions and their own face to the point where they, they couldn't work with somebody who, who looked like them was quite funny. 
So they had to forgive themselves as individuals before they could work together as a team. And I like that as a sort of end sort of thesis there. Because it kind of seemed like that Gwen was a prideful individual, like based on her past experiences, like she wouldn't accept help unless if it was absolutely necessary, unless if it's teaming up from the web warriors, but uh, anything else she'd prefer to do it by herself. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I think it's quite charming that this sort of forced her to open up a little bit. And um, yeah, and it seems yeah. like a, even though it happened a long time ago, you know, she's still beating herself up over ha- getting Peter killed. Yes. You would think that she would have forgiven uh, herself for that, like, like by the end of the Latour run after she served her prison sentence or like after the events of Spider-Geddon. Well, and, and honestly, I would be surprised if this resolves any of like Gwen's own like personal issues um no i don't know i mean i feel like this stuff would stick with you like i really like even like being able to move on from it you know i think it's different from even like you know i don't think i don't think you'd ever fully come to terms with like accidentally killing your best mate or you know like this has been through some real trauma and you you don't i don't know if you can ever really cure that in full you can just sort of try and grow around it as a person and i think that's maybe what we're seeing a little bit here yeah like the most that you can do is just accept that it happened and then just forgive yourself even though it's gonna stick with you for a long time yeah like i don't um i don't think it's realistic to be like um trauma is is character building or anything like that you know it's it's a pretty rough thing and it it can you know it can affect you for your whole life and uh, it's finding ways to manage that in a healthy way you know I think it's this, uh, a similar thing of what happened between Peter and Charlemagne because Charlemagne was the only person that Peter ev- ever killed, even though uh, it was an accident. Was the was that the one when he threw a punch too hard? Yeah, because uh, he thought that Charlemagne was Wolverine from behind, but uh, she set up her own suicide. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's a similar-ish sort of thing. Kind of like a manslaughter situation, not outright murder, maybe. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. But yeah, it was established in a later, later issue. I think it was in the 600s that, um, yeah, Charlemagne's death still kind of haunts Peter. Yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, I, I don't like, I think sometimes in a lot of pop culture, it, it shows like people, like even the heroes, right? killing with relative ease and like relative like they're not they're not so worried about it after the fact you know um but i i i feel like the the spider gwen comics historically take sort of gwen's individual actions and the way that she impacts those around her and her enemies and such very very seriously it, it thinks a lot about you know the the consequences um, that certain things being handled in certain ways will have on people and you know uh, uh, the effects that like uh, different forms of justice meted out in different ways will have on uh, on on you know like it, it's considering all of that right you know it, it it sort of weighs it in full and so like when um, when Gwen is you know in, in prison it thinks about you know logistically what is that going to be like what kind of enemies would you have made or um when Gwen chooses to deal with somebody more violently, it'll you know it'll show that person you know being more like traumatized by it after the fact, and and not necessarily um, reforming better or, or or worse or in any way. You know, like it'll 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 consider these things, and and I feel like by having this, I can't remember what what was the initial point we were making here. Sorry. Gwen coming to terms with uh, even though she is self-loathing like all of that trauma is still gonna stick with her even though she uh, learned how to forgive herself in this issue right yeah so uh yeah like Gwen is is still like she's sort of still trying to actively take everything that's happening to her into account um she's she's always considering that because you know and and that I, I think is a help like it's it's it approached it in I mean it's a very charming comic book right uh because but it approaches it in a very sort of earnest way like 
how how does this sort of all this stuff you've been through and then you've got to go and live your day to day and you've got to go play in your band and then you've got to you know even fight crime still and you know how does all of that weigh on you going forward and how do you cope with that you know and i and i feel like that's it's it's a very healthy approach to it you know yeah and don't you think like another thing to add to the list is uh like when she was forced to sacrifice her variants as batteries for the finalizer she breaks down in tears and saying that um that she needs them before uh thor gwen tells her that like she has them already yeah it's it's really sad um but yeah they're all they're all made from her well except for night gwen yeah that's true yeah night night i don't think night gwen is yeah which is speaking of which was night gwen also used as a battery i'm interested uh, but i think i think she was yeah because she says gwen whether we go back when or lose we go back to nothing please make something of us because all of those gwen variants except for night gwen were made from the finalizer and uh and gwen herself but like night gwen was just plucked from another reality so um it, was she just wiped from existence either way i think that um like battery or not uh like she's gone uh, yeah, I think may- maybe she was also commenting on the fact that she doesn't really have anywhere to go, you know, even if they fix things, you know, maybe maybe for her, she doesn't have an out. And I think you were hoping, like you were the one that was hoping that Night Gwen g- gets some sort of big, uh, spectacular sacrifice. I think everybody got the big spectacular sacrifice there in the end. Um, you know, they all got it. But like, not like showing it like it was just mentioned in passing i think you know everybody ended up having it you know it wasn't like an individual moment so much as i tried to predict yeah i think that the uh um the idiom for this would be uh, like um sacrificing some lives for the good of many because you know she uses their life forces to save the multiverse yeah um and i think it's sort of implied that they do they they could also be in their own realities as well they could like the language except for the fa- because time travel is kind of complicated because they travel to the point in time before finale murdered her fans yes and since that event never happened you know um the alternate gwens never came to be yeah i mean they gave her something though that she carried with her. Like they definitely tangibly existed in the reality around Gwen at some point, right? Yeah. Oh, but um, that like, but I really like that splash page where she's stitching the multiverse back together with her webs. Yeah, honestly, like I feel like this moment could have missed, but but yeah, um, the art it looks really good. Um, I love these pages where they have little windows of each universe yeah yeah you got to see some cameos there you got to see miles you got to see pete spider zero mayday 2099 yeah it's, it's a good it's a good page um yeah i i think they did a really good job the art really sort of carried it through there and i think it could have could have messed up but it was good and then you know at the end of the uh, mini series gwen's just back to her normal life yeah well there is no normal for her anyway no, it's um, but yeah, they they sort of restore uh, so the status quo, right? Earth sixty five, uh, the storm siblings aren't an issue. Uh, Gwen still has her symbiotes. Uh, uh, her father is alive, ambiguously employed, uh, and frustrated with the fact that she still goes to Earth six one six to do things. And MJ's still angry with Gwen, like usual. And canonically inventing the uh, twenty ninety nine swear word of shock. Um, well it was mentioned that like she invented five new swear words but they only showed the one and then gwen said that like that one might have legs yes um at least as far as marvel's concerned yeah it's um so yeah it's uh so the sort of it puts her in i don't know this this seems like a normal status quo to leave her in i mean i think it'll be a shame if they never pick up what mcguire was doing and crucially give it to mcguire to finish but um i guess we'll see I guess we'll see what happens at the end of Spider-Verse. Yeah, we will. And um yeah, no, it's um that'll be an exciting sort of time, hopefully. Um 
because um, they'll they'll have some they'll definitely be giving our our folks some some comic books. But but yeah, I um I I think this as far as establishing a baseline for Gwen going forward, this is nice. This is good, and I'm happy that they haven't permanently moved her to six one six, which I think some people do want. Um, and I'm sure there are some people in the editorial office who do want it. Um, but this, I think, firmly establishes that 65 is where she lives. Yeah, because I think uh, like moving her to 616 full time, just in case if she gets cut off from her universe or if it gets destroyed by an incursion somehow, uh, that kind of really loses all of the glamour of Earth 65. Well, it does. And I, and I think that a big part of why the Spider-Gwen comics work in the way they do is is Earth-65. It's the way that Earth-65 looks, it's the way that it behaves, it's the way that um, Tim Seeley loves to to write this as being a low super universe. And I would I would disagree with that, but but it's definitely it feels like a like a more of a blank canvas than 616. A lot of the stuff that is going off is in Earth 65 feels like they can they can take more of a punk angle with it. Um, they have uh, this whole thing where everybody's a celebrity, sort of supervillain, and all that. They, they don't they don't they have the the whole like music vibes. They have the the weird neon coloring to think like like it's got a lot of character, right? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and they're dropping all of that one, and also then there's all the supporting cast that lives in Earth 65 that you couldn't move over to 616, like Mary Jane, like Captain Stacy, like uh like the the various villains that she's fought and i think that losing all of those would be quite egregious like miles's comics right i mean they've gotten better uh, over time even as he's moved into 616 but i will say i do feel like they lack something when um he's not able to operate uh in a comic book where all of his supporting cast are his own um you know he's he's like more you know you know his supporting cast has suffered a lot moving into 616 and that's a um a big shame really and um i i do think that character benefited when he was the sole spider-man and he could take the spotlight and you know however you make that happen um is a different conversation but yeah i i, I do think that gwen would lose out if the universe that she was in wasn't her own. I think she works quite well jumping between different universes if you want her to talk to people in 616. It's whatever, she can do that, but it yeah. shouldn't have to be where she lives. Yeah, which is why, um, because there's probably um, like a probable chance that she's going to get a, a spin-off book following End of Spider-Verse and then maybe some of the other spiders too, because that's what they did with the first Spider-Verse and with Spider-Geddon, they uh, spun off some books. I hope so. I'm I'm not sure how much energy there is for that going in at this point. Um, I think we'll know better come you know three to six months from now. Um, yeah. But without the film happening right now, uh, the Across the Spider Verse um, film coming out, I'm not super confident that Gwen is going to have a comic book until then. I I do think that that film is like a like a the latest possible point that we'll have a Gwen comic coming out, or, or at least a comic with Gwen as a major character. Um, or if people care about Spidey and his amazing friends so much, because that's the only uh, prominent media that Gwen's featured in right now. Like, introduce her to the younger readers. I, I mean, I, I would be open to uh, like a Web Warriors-style comic again, which uses uh, a lot of these um, Spider-Verse adjacent characters in, in like a in a team up book uh you know they could bring in jess and they could bring in silk and they could have miles and they could have gwen and they could have um the new spider uk um you know and they could have them all uh run about in the multiverse that'd be fine i'd, I'd be i'd be super pleased to read that book yeah. um and it would also fit the bill for marvel making sure that they have uh, their corporate synergy going on with the film there yeah um obviously the end the end the the, the ideal is always going to be a, a you know a full um you know, Ghost Spider, ongoing comic book, but, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, like, until the next character-defining run. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, let's move on to a finale, which, um, I'm so disappointed that she was just a rando. 
You you did get your face revealed though. I was I was really convinced that was her actual face, but you were right. She's just wearing like some weird mask thing. Yeah, I was only right that she was wearing armor, but wrong that uh, she was an alternate Gwen. I still think she could be, you know, like they didn't reveal her name and she she looked like she could be a Gwen. I I feel like because when her profile said real name unknown and then when she unmasked herself, yeah, they should have shown a profile. Yeah. Because I felt that if she was an alternate Gwen, that her death would have had much more impact on Gwen 65. Yeah, I mean, maybe in earlier drafts of the script for this, Finale was Gwen. But then they actually got to writing it. And it didn't, you know, for one, it's not an essential component of that story. Um, And it would have maybe complicated things in a way or maybe they didn't quite have the space to make it breathe in the way that they wanted to so they just sort of glossed past her identity well i'm just hoping that maybe somewhere out there there's a draft where it explicitly says that uh, she was a gwen but um until then like yeah she's just some rando (laughs) yeah yeah. Like whose plan was like at first to initially suck the life force out of her fans because I think it seems like that she kind of ages so she was just using some sort of Benjamin Button plan like that was the first phase use them to empower herself to make her youthful. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Um. I'd be interested to see what the face of finale after because because obviously the there's sort of two finales right there's the initial one that they they fight they defeat and is then like consumed by the apocalypse very quickly and then they go back in time and that's the finale that gets unmasked would that finale have de-aged after she drains all the concert goers I guess that's what could have happened because you know she seemed so fit to fight all of those Gwens at once yeah um but yeah i guess it's trying to make a point about like she is so completely focused on clout chasing right being famous not being forgotten that like she's forgotten to be a person really because she was willing to kill and then you know it was like ironically it was the uh pre-apocalypse finale that um that realized what has she done yeah uh, and and i do think the fact that because because the catalyst for her becoming a villain was the fact that her mother was very very talented produced some lovely like art poetry or something and but but died um alone and uh in, in obscurity and she just wanted to avoid that but in the end the the thing that counted for her was passing on her mother's wisdom to gwen and she has this very small sweet moment which i enjoyed with gwen um where she she sort of tells Gwen about her mother's phrase there, her, her, that saying that she has. Yeah, and then you know Gwen passes on those words into one of the Mary Jane songs, just so uh, Finale and her mother wouldn't be forgotten. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like um yeah, if Finale was an alternate Gwen, yeah, then I think yeah um those words would have had more impact to Gwen herself. Yeah, it might have done. I do see the vision for that. Um, does does Gwen kill Finale, or does Finale just happen to die at the moment that she gets beaten up after you know Gwen pops through the portal? No, because I think she dies of um like aging. Was she was she planning this concert like right as she's dying? Then basically, yeah, probably because it was either she dies of age or she gets swallowed up by the end of time. Because she wanted yeah. to recycle her consciousness into these alternate timelines. Yeah, I, I do. I do really. I, I tell you what, though, there is a hilarious moment. I said Tim Seeley's written some good humor stuff into this. Is um, where Gwen like looks at her and says, "Without all the stolen life force, you're just an influencer with a huge ego and a wardrobe." Best described as Gaga Doctor Doom. Right, and then she replies, "I can meme." And I, I like, 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 it's this heartfelt thing with a hand over a heart while she says it. Um, I, it's hilarious. I, it's really <laughs> funny. Um, and a nice little detail I noticed about Finale's armor, I noticed that her visor changes shape because at the beginning it was like a normal square visor, but in issue number two it turns into a heart shape, and then um, 
three, four, and five, it looks like a star shape. Yeah, there's some star shapes. I missed that. Yeah, you're right. It's just a, it's just an energy thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that was um like intentional or if that's just to show like what mode her armor is in. You have to imagine it. It's a deliberate choice of some yeah. form. Because the star shape is when you know when she's fighting the Gwens, you know, um, she uses it to take it off, like uh, to do her laser vision, which she uses to fry Gwen Vereen. She does, yeah. There's a pretty uh, one of the panels is really like uh, Celia has made sure in like almost every issue Gwen Vereen has been in that she's been like she's had some kind of graphic injury, and uh, you actually see part of her skull in uh, issue number five. Yeah, and the way she's stitching herself back together. Yeah, it's um. It's uh yeah we got a it's a proper like Wolverine gore in this issue. Yeah, because you can see like her skeleton just lying there after she gets fried. Yeah, which is rough. But like, but she still has her hair like even when she's a skeleton. I think it's those Stacy locks. Oh yes, the Stacy locks which are always dead, uh, which are always there no matter how dead she is. Yeah, even in Last Remains, her and uh, Captain Stacy like of six one six. Like they still had hair on their corpses. Yeah, that was grim. That was really grim. Yeah. I, I there's something very iconic about the Gwen Stacy blonde hair. It is ninety percent of her character in many of her appearances. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Long blonde hair with the headband. Yeah, there's that. That one. That one's the big one. Which all of these Gwens actually had headbands. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's a. Like even though you can't see it with Gwen Vereen, it's there in the design uh, variants. Yeah, they have a hood up most of the time, don't they? Yeah, but yeah, I think is that everything to say there is about finale. I think so. Um, yeah. I'd be interested but... to see another version of this villain. Um, I quite liked finale. I thought she was really good, like Gwen original villain. Um, and um, yeah, I'd be pumped to see more of her. Yeah, I'd like to see the uh, pre-end of time finale. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I feel like what we got was a very like final, <laughs> final finale, um, like like a fully evolved sort of version of that character. Um, but uh, you know, like you say, if if we had a if we had like more like stuff closer to her origin, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. I think, and um, they 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 could sort of do it removed from this character you know as a different continuity of finale yeah but um like let's move on to uh uh night gwen who um like i was kind of pretty disappointed here about like how night gwen was used because i was kind of enjoying evil night gwen from the previous issues but when you look at her profile at the beginning uh it says um ex-psychiatrist former henchwoman like that that's Harley Quinn that they're describing. Yeah, she she really had her own sort of clownification stuff going on there. Um, uh, she she does talk a lot about the Goblin Gas was kind of just making her do all of that stuff. Um, so she isn't truly. But she like was thinking all of those things. She said that the gas just let it out. Right, of course. So um, I mean, the impression I got right is. That the Night Gwen from the Heroes Reborn reality has made it into Spider Gwen Gwenverse here, and has now actually been killed off. Is that right? She's gotten killed off with the rest of them. Yeah, because she only had uh, two possible ways to go: like swallowed up by the end of time, or just being used as a battery for the finalizer. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a shame, right? Because I really do feel like that character deserved a little bit of more resolution, especially given the stuff that happened with Misty Knight in in what we did here on the podcast, the uh, the Night Gwen uh, one shots. Um, you mean like find some way to atone uh, for what she did under the influence of the gas? I mean, just just for her to get a happy ending, I think, um, and you know, see see her and Misty get there. Uh, right off into the sunset again. Except her reality's been destroyed, and she said it didn't do wonders for her mental health. Yeah, it it yeah it must have yeah, I, which which I think is a shame, right? Like it's, it's ended quite tragically um, for her in a way that I think was uniquely bad. Um, 
and then the way that like a she like finale was willing to skin night gwen and then yeah it was it seemed rough for her there yeah i guess uh like th- did any of the bat girls get uh mistreated this badly yes no definitely well, other than Babs, who, like, because, you know, um, well, par- the paralysis is a big one. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I mean, Cascaine had an arc. Like, I think we've mentioned it here before. Cascaine had that arc where uh, she got turned evil by some chemical thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, they, yeah, they, uh, it's, 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 it's a historic, it's, I mean, it's the whole reason we're here making a Spider-Gwen podcast is the way that women get written in comic books is it's very sort of, they get manhandled a lot, right? Um and uh, they get um yeah it's a, it's an issue uh, it's an ongoing issue uh, yeah. you might say um yeah. and um yeah uh but but yeah no I, absolutely uh, Nightbirds Nightbirds had a rough time of it really because I I think she was quite a compelling character in her own right and then she's gone and jumped to one crossover where she gets turned evil and then she gets went to a new crossover where she's then she's killed off now uh, which I mean in fairness it did happen to all the other Gwens but. Um, like you say, she's different from those. Yeah. So yeah, R.I.P. Night Gwen? Question mark. I I I do I do hold hope in the language of it, right? Where it does talk about these Gwens having their own timelines. Like there's there's a, there's one of the captions that says, "Threads of time separated from my timeline, each making their own world, their own universe." With like talking about that as like almost alluding to the fact that. By repairing the multiverse, Gwen is allowing these threads to exist in their own in their own right, um, and that gives me hope that perhaps some of them made like these these Gwens now each have their own universe where they exist. That's sort of what that's how I read that 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 is a possibility from this. Yeah, I also got that implication too that um, after stitching reality back together, all of her alternate selves and Night Gwen yeah could have gotten their own rewritten. Uh, realities but they're the sole Gwen Stacy of that reality yeah um and that, right I think that would wrap it up in a more optimistic bow however they do not confirm that the implication is that they are at the very least lost to Gwen 65 um and yeah we well and, and unless they actually make any comics with these characters then we'll never know um but yeah I I yeah there is a question mark over blinked out of existence there and yeah um yeah yeah. So yeah, like I think with um with the other Gwens, like with Thor Gwen here, like we figured like um that her uh like her darkness is that um uh she feels guilty about like Odin preferring her to Loki and that's why Loki is evil. Although um wasn't the implication back in issue number one that uh she must have been adopted by the Aesir because she said that she's not Odin's true child. Yeah, yeah, it seems it seems that um, for Thor Gwen, like you say, she's adop- she's the adopted one, which is funny because Loki's usually the adopted one, right? So I don't yeah. know what's going on there. Um, but but yeah, uh, she's her drive for ego gave Loki cause to be a villain for her, which is a shame. And I, I wish they had elaborated on that a bit more when they introduced her, because I really I feel like Thor Gwen had a bit of a rushed intro. Um, and we didn't get that. Like, I felt like that the only Gwen who got like a proper backstory that was like said and illustrated was Cap because, uh, yeah, um, because you know, Thor Gwen was retelling the story of uh, uh, Gwen Rogers to Gwen 65, and then they show all of that like stuff that Gwen Rogers went through and um, in her life, you know, she went to the orphanage and then like went to uh, like was that med school where she uh, uh recreated the serum? That'd be something. I I can't remember actually. Because Thor Gwen called it um alchemist school. Yeah, or a uh, or maybe just a general more general chemistry. Yeah, but uh, um, but yeah, but yeah. Cap's guilt is that um because she took on the mantle that people forgot about Samantha. Yeah. Um. I, I thought that was interesting, actually, um, and you know I appreciated that they didn't gloss over the fact that Earth sixty five did have a Captain America, um, and, the, and I guess it is only paying lip service to that. Yeah, 
But um, there was a little bit of a cameo from Samantha from the previous issue where um, Gwen was now understanding why Earth-65 was rewritten. And then there's a little panel of a Samantha doing an homage to Spider-Man No More. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting that perhaps she has quit being Captain America on account of Gwen's actions. So, um, Was it quit or was it because she was forced to because of the Marvel laws? That's a good question. Yeah, I, yeah I'd yeah, i be really interested to see. Uh, I really just want to see Captain America 65. I'm not going to lie. I really just want Samantha Wilson back. Um, I just, like, that would be a loss if Gwen moved to 616. But the fact that she's not getting used even while she's still in 65 is also a shame. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I, this is technically, uh, Gwenverse has technically got a Samantha Wilson appearance then. Can we say that? Yeah. And I think um, it, my favorite alternate Gwen going out of this other than Night Gwen was uh, Gwen Vereen because uh, I think it's because of her attitudes. You know, she's so sassy and sarcastic. Yeah. Um, doesn't get called on the whole killing thing in the end here. She's kind of just, she's allowed to have it. Yeah, she's just like she's done some bad things, and then that's it. Yeah, they 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 don't they don't get into that. Like they could have at least showed like some panels of her. Like I'm assuming that she must have been in Weapon X at one point. Yes, almost certainly. Like to have adamantium, that's not a natural thing. Yeah, because the only thing about her backstory was that um she was forced to be a living weapon against her will. Yeah. And then yeah, being jealous of Cap Gwen, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah, didn't do a lot with Gwen Vereen either. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I feel like five issues was not enough to give them all the same level of, of backstory, like you say, I think. And you said uh, earlier of poor Gwen Vereen, like uh, getting mutilated in almost every issue. Because in issue number two, she was stabbed uh, twice by Roachman. The fourth, like she was gored by Dr. Cephalopod in the gut, and then here she was fried. Yeah, I feel like if any of the others had taken hits like what Gwen Vreen had had, they would be at very least out of action. But because it's quite like Gwen Vereen just, just happens to be the one who keeps taking these, like what would be sort of mortal wounds, then it's fine. Which I think it's quite funny. Yeah, it's it's that mutant healing factor. Yeah. Yeah, and then a little bit of Iron Gwen here who powers the uh, uh, finalizer, but she said that she felt guilty about uh, being the one to push Howard and Norman apart. Yeah, I guess I guess we're not really going to get any more of that, Norman. Um, now, like, didn't we imply that Norman died because of uh, Iron Gwen's self defense? I guess there was that as well, yeah. Um, but yeah, Norman 65 doesn't resemble that at all, so... No. But, but she called Howard and Norman, like, the two parents that she never had. That was interesting, that. Um, sort of like... Yeah. Because um, I guess that, like, Tony must have been, like, orphaned, like, before she got adopted by Howard, even though she did know that her biological father was a cop. Yeah, that's... um. Yeah, uh, yeah, it just panned out that way, you know. And then Norman was like a, her, like mentor. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it didn't go well at all. Um, although I think I I feel bad because because all of them have definitely done things that are maybe a bit wrong, but like Ein Gwen, in her actions as Tony Norman's like adoptive daughter, wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, that was all on them as two men's egos fighting against each other. She's the one who has the least to be, at least as far as that's concerned. So, of course, she was the CEO of a weapons company. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a bit of a, maybe, yeah, it was a strange way to assign her guilt, I think. Yeah, and I think it was also maybe some guilt factored into, because um, I think it was implicit that um, Howard showed favoritism to tony's ideas over norman's yeah which again not tony stacy's fault right like that one's not on her no but she felt like uh, it was her fault yeah 
Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, and then um, I think lastly, we uh, Gwen got a little bit of an assist here from like Irma. Like, is that supposed to be like a fo- it's talking fox squirrel cat thing? Yeah, it must be. Um, I'm surprised they didn't introduce Irma in the main continuity. Actually, I I thought that's what they were trying to do here. No, was she... was give Gwen a, a talking pet sidekick? No, I think um. Like Irma wouldn't be uh, Gwen's pet because like she's stationed at the end of time. Like you would, you'd have thought that um, Gwen would have brought Irma back to her. Yes, that's what I thought. That's the direction they were going in, right? Is they'd been setting up this talking, this talking pet character right now for a bit, and I've been like, where are they going with this? And obviously, at the end here, Irma has like a moment where I don't know what Irma's pronouns are. Uh... Irma's a girl. Irma's a girl cat fox thing um so Irma like has that moment where she saves her friends but by that point she's gone back in time and there's like the older version of her there anyway so like it would make sense for her to then go back with like Gwen um older Irma right the older Irma right yeah yeah um and I'm surprised they didn't just have like even just a panel of like Irma like post this happening um but they didn't um I I think whoever's right. Okay, whoever writes Spider Gwen next, if you are listening to this podcast, please let Irma the talking space cat fox thing just be Gwen's pet. You don't have to use Irma all the time. Just have her show up every couple of issues and just be like, oh yeah, talking pet. That'd be the funniest thing. Because uh, you could see that uh, Gwen saw a little bit of herself in Irma when Irma was uh, mourning her friends. Yeah, I was, I was, I was really on board with this this Irma. Uh, a weird thing, and 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 the fact that it's uh, you know, uh, that's just the direction things have gone in. Well, I guess if Gwen brought a future Irma home, she would have to explain to her dad where she got that talking, uh, squirrel cat fox thing. Yeah, it's it's just uh, I I feel like that would be funny though. Like all the conversations that Gwen had, would have to have about it would be really funny. Um, well, she could lie and say she got it from 616 yeah I suppose there is that um, yeah uh, but honestly like she wouldn't even need to lie about it she could just be like yeah I was I was stuck in the multiverse one time fighting this villain and I rescued this weird talking animal thing and <laughs> now she's living with us and she's our friend uh, yeah. I'd, I'd be fine and the, how like Irma's catchphrase she always says meh whenever she's unimpressed by something yeah, like I feel right. Like adorable sidekicks have got history and precedent in the Spider Gwen comics with the Bodega Bandits sidekicks, and I think it would make sense for Gwen to have an equivalent sidekick or pet friend. Well, Pinecone did used to be Gwen's pet before she gifted him to Bodega Bandit. Exactly. I I think. That it, it felt appropriate, and I was surprised it didn't go in that direction. And it's not it's not an issue. Like if this is just where it leaves, Irma was a fun, weird thing to have in the comic for the past five issues for some reason. But I feel like a nice way to round that out would have been to to let Irma have a home with Gwen. Um, but I guess we'll see. Don't you think that um like she would be yet another Spider Cat if you want to count the Bodega Cat from Spider Man PS4 in the Miles game? Yeah, like it would have that kind of vibe, but of course Irma wouldn't have to live in a bodega. She could just live wherever Gwen's living. But not in her backpack, right? It could be a backpack. Could be. I think that's a great idea. Backpack cat, you know, and and because Irma talks, then you know, it's sort of a sentient thing. You know, it's like she could contribute to the discussion. I don't know. Um, Irma's smart as well. Like that's the other thing. Like Irma's Irma's clever, as things that talk go. But I'm not even sure if she's supposed to be like an alien or if in 2099 and beyond, uh, animals can talk. Uh, they might. I mean, at the rate that animals have changed under human domestication, who knows what they will be able to do given however long there is until the end of time, um, you know? Yeah. But yeah, uh, Irma being kept as Gwen's pet. Oh, that would be hilarious. Yeah. That would be good. I think that's 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 my that's my my big brain idea for the future of Spider Gwen comics is no longer elaborate symbiote storylines. It's just Irma the weird fox cat vibing with Gwen. Like that Gwen sometimes vents to whenever she's frustrated. 
Yeah, yeah. The next big thread that I make of unfinished Spider Gwen plot lines is going to be Irma the Cat deserves better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, in terms of spiders having pets, well, I think back in the 80s, I'm not sure if it was um, the 80s series or um, Spider Man and his amazing friends, Peter did have a dog named Miss Lion. That's really funny. That's really funny. So why can't Gwen have Irma? I think we can make it happen. I think I think we can. I think I think that could that could that could be a thing in the future. I don't know. Um, I'd be interested to see who's who who actually writes the next Gwen ongoing, where we'd get to see what her domestic life is like, and if they remember who Irma is. Yeah, and and I feel like like there's it'd be really weird to find ways to try and homage Gwenverse in like a practical sense. Like a lot of the stuff that happens to Gwen, right? Like they find ways to like call back to it or like incorporate it into into her like flashbacks and all that like Gwen versus this really weird strange thing but I feel like that cat would be like a sensible thing for her to have following it yeah well maybe she could come back because Gwen did recall how um after saving the multiverse she crashed in Loom World for a little while before returning to the, the point in time ju- to just before she left maybe Irma's in Loom World yeah, maybe. Yeah, it would it would make sense. But anyway, um, until we see the next Gwen book, and if that next writer remembers Irma, we'll see whether or not if she joins Gwen's supporting cast. Yeah. Well, I I guess we'll see. Does that is is has that been Gwenverse? Have we have we have we gone through the main bits of the comic there? Yeah, I guess we did. Yeah. Well, um. Did you want to give your final opinions about Spider Gwen Gwenverse? Yeah, like although um although this was only a um five issues as part of this miniseries, like I thought it was good because uh I thought it was a great way for uh Gwen to be character studied because she had to come to terms with all of these character traits that have now been uh physically personified, and even though that she wasn't fond of these traits at first. You know, she learns how to accept them and then ultimately forgive herself for her past uh, wrongdoings and misdeeds and essentially just, uh, yeah, come up with a way to, uh, like, release her guilt and address it at the same time. And, like, Jodi Nishijima's artwork, I, I think she was born uh, to draw Ghost Spider because everything like this whole plot seemed like it would come from an anime and since Nishijima's artwork is very anime-esque yeah I feel like that she is very fitting to draw Gwen in the future and paired with uh Fernandez's Blee's and Proto Bunker's colors like it just made everything pop yeah yeah I was uh, I was uh very suspicious and apprehensive about this comic I don't want to lie um the choice of the gimmick was was maybe a little bit too much um and the fact that like a lot of what we were perhaps wanting to see from a continued spider gwen ongoing wasn't probably going to come to light at least unless Maguire uh was writing it uh was, was a real shame but this is a very charming comic book it very earnestly approaches gwen's angst and and tries to find ways for her to sort of like uh heal around that and and um and uh i i think for that you know this will go down as a good spider gwen comic uh albeit with what are perhaps some some abrasive covers from david nakayama um jody nishijima does a lot of the heavy lifting i think with uh with her art really because this story does need to be cute and and like charming to match um i think maybe the just the, the pure gimmickiness of it and it's there the art's there and 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 yeah no i was i was very you know pleased that we got this run i'm i'm glad we had it rather than not and um if if i could say like if there's any any things that maybe i was a little bit more disappointed in is that they could have done more with earth 65 i don't think that they had a huge amount of confidence in like the vibe earth 65 they mostly just describe it as low super uh, i will say i'm glad though that the she bodega bandit is a thing but outside of that we don't have any development really for like captain stacy or the mary janes or um you know what's going on with the symbiotes or uh what's going on with the storms like all of that stuff i think is either on the back burner or you know maybe never going to show up again um which is i think is a shame um so 
we'll have to look to maybe the next Spider-Gwen comic that's coming out before we get um, development of those things. But again, this comic didn't have to develop those things if it didn't want to. Uh, what it does do is is fine. It's good. Um, the new Gwens that we meet are all interesting in their own ways. Um, and yeah, um, I, uh, I upwards and onwards then for Spider-Gwen. Um, Gwenverse was good. And all we have to look forward to the, for the next, uh, I think, three to six months would be uh, End of the Spider-Verse. Yeah, uh, End of the Spider-Verse. So uh, that'll be the next comic we cover on the podcast will probably be, uh, at least the next new comic that's coming out actively will be the Dan Slot Spider-Man run. And even if there is nothing announced after End of Spider-Verse, we still have some episode ideas that we're uh, going to go through with. Yeah, uh, we're going to try and interview some creators and such. Um, we will keep on recording episodes of the podcast and we'll at least keep up a, I think, a monthly frequency. Um, yeah. I think we're going to go for that. But I do feel like that there's going to be another ongoing for Gwen because um, I'm not sure if... Would would you count Gwen versus being part of legacy numbering? Like when they pick up with a new number one? Yeah, perhaps. Because I feel like um, if there's some issues that they don't want to count, they could do a legacy 65th issue. That would be neat. I I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um... Well, if, if you want to count Latour's run and then uh, the entire Maguire run, um, if you don't count Gwen versus Carnage and Gwenverse and all of the annuals, um, it would be 60 issues. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, but I feel like they could do a big legacy sixty fifth issue because, um, well, at the end of a Saladin Ahmed's run, even though um, it's not legacy, uh, he's ending his run with number forty two because that's special to Miles. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I mean, without actually having a run on at the moment, it would be hard to tell. But hypothetically speaking, what would you want to see in the big legacy 65th issue? I would like to see Jordan Maguire getting to finish off her comic book arcs. <laughs> really, really, if I have any one wish for the next thing that has to be done with Gwen, whatever that is, whether that's a spin-off, whether that's a new one going, whether that's a miniseries, whether it's whatever it is, right? Is for for some kind of resolution on that stuff from Gwen's comics, really, like these arcs that have sort of been left in limbo a little bit. Uh, let her round those off in some way. So all plot threads being wrapped up. Yeah, and that's, this is the thing, right? It's like obviously, I, I, you know, I don't want to be sat here every time, like hoping that the next writer of Spider Gwen deals with this thing that another writer set up. Like, I don't want. That's not a healthy situation to be in. Um, one for the character, but like mainly like for the creators, right? They shouldn't have to pick up the burden, essentially, of writing somebody else's story like they should just be able to write what they want to write um and they they shouldn't have me like whinging about what arcs have been left um you know in an ideal world a creative gets to do the story that they want to do within you know the time frame that they were expecting it shouldn't be the case that like stuff just keeps getting left on cliffhangers you know yeah, and well, even though um last episode I did mention going to the convention scene, unfortunately I was not able to get any insider info about Gwen's future post End of the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Because if I did, I would have said it right at the beginning, although it would have been bleeped out. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, alas, uh, yeah, nothing, 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 no news on the horizon yet. No, not yet, but, um... But since Gwenverse uh, was all we got this year, I think uh, last year we joked about how how much chanting that we did. We did, we did. We we may we may be back at that stage again, given given enough time. Well, I chanted. Pax, what did you do? Uh, I mean, I I actually can't. I can't remember what the things we uh uh agreed on at the time were um <laughs> well all the chanting i did was to null so <laughs> yeah i remember i feel like we agreed on a different thing each and you had null oh, i think you had the master weaver to chant too yeah that was it yeah, yeah. so i think um uh post and the spider verse or maybe even during we got a chant again 
Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes then, yeah. Well, it worked for Gwenverse. I'm pretty sure it'll work for the next book, hypothetically. Yeah, hopefully we get something a bit more substantial next time around. Well, they're announcing all of these new number ones coming out in December, so... Yeah, there's that, yeah. And also all of the stuff that's happening, even in 2023, because most recently, like, Celie is still sticking around the Spider office to write uh, The Unforgiven, and f- issue number one is going to feature Spidey. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, well, I have to see how that goes. Yeah. So, but yeah, is that it for today's episode? I think that, uh, I think that's it then, yeah. All right. So um, our next episode... Um, we're trying to uh, uh, get something together, but um, I think regardless, the next book that we're going to read won't be all the way until October, which is going to be Dan Slott and Mark Bagley's Spider-Man number one, which is going to be the start of End of Spider-Verse. And by extension, the next time we're going to see Gwen. Yeah, well, here's to the future, hoping that our favorite character gets used appropriately all right so as always you know we're gonna put links in the description of where to buy and to read and the reading list and if you want to interact with us you can find us on twitter at gs groupies or you can email us at ghostspidergroupies at gmail.com we also have a coffee page if you want to chuck in a few bucks to help us with the upkeep that makes this podcast possible that would be great yes please But yeah, anyway, thanks everyone for this week. I've been Abigail. And I've been Pax. All right. Bye. Bye.